0: Hi, I'm Mike Sibley, and I lead James Moore's manufacturing team. On this episode of More on Manufacturing, we're joined by Marie Hibbert. Marie joined James Moore just uh, a few months ago and is our Director of Business Intelligence and Data Analytics. Uh, Prior to James Moore, Marie was actually with Florida Power and Light as a director in their tax technology group, focusing on implementing tools and technologies to support the organization in the areas of process automation and analytics. That's, that's, a, lot of, um, that's, that's a lot of words there. But, you know, so Marie, we got a, we got a pretty fancy title with business intelligence and data analytics. Uh, why don't you just tell us what is that?
1: So really, it just boils down to I help organizations use the data that they already have access to, to be more strategic and make better business decisions. So I think we see over and over again that companies are sitting in just upon a vast amount of information um, and don't really either have like the time or the capital or the resources to really leverage that in a way that can be meaningful.
0: Yeah. And and actually, you know, that was one of the thought processes to having you uh, join the show this this month is that, you know, I work, you know, working with manufacturers of all sizes. Mm -hmm. They've got data and some of them know how to use it. Some of them do use it. Some of them use some of it and some of it's just kind of all over the place. And so, you know, I really think this is something that regardless of size, manufacturers need to think about it. But, you know, given your expertise, uh, you know, from your perspective, why is this important? Why is business intelligence? Because that's actually kind of a really weird term. So I think people get like data a lot, but business intelligence. So why, why is that important?
1: So, you know, I think if we've learned anything over the last year and a half, it's that change happens, right? And as an organization, if we're agile and we're flexible, you know, in one scenario, at least we can keep pace with the change or or like, what would be even better is to be able to capitalize on the change. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, you look at organizations and they have this data and they don't really realize that it's one of their most important assets. Um, and I think until, you know, you throw out the fancy terms, data analytics and business intelligence, it's really just using data to make decisions. That, that's That's all it boils down to. And that can incorporate systems and technologies and data and all of those things, but it's how do I use my data to make decisions in my organization?
0: So I guess, you know, we're talking about manufacturers and, you know, I just mentioned they've got tons of data they've got, you know, so this is about, you know, to me, I always look at it and say, okay, we want to take operations and kind of connect it to finance. But I think more than that, we want to take this, data. So we got financial data all the time and we can get mm-hmm. that out of the accounting system and we can put in Excel spreadsheets and we're great with that. But there's all this other type of data out there. And I think it's more than about just connecting to finance. It's also about strategy, about, you know, making our operations more efficient, making a, our lead time shorter, a whole bunch of things like that. So, you know, can, you've mentioned, you know, you've worked in, manufa- you've helped manufacturing in the mm-hmm. past, you've worked in those environments. What are some good examples of things that you've seen that are relevant in the manufacturing industry that, Uh, can help support this exact thought process.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think inventory is a really big one, right? So the larger the inventory gets, the harder it is to manage and stay on top of, right? Like, and store. And so, you know, we see manufacturers of all different sizes that have you know, we're all trying to get to this just in time. I want, only want to have on hand and store the amount of inventory necessary to meet customer demand. Because customer as that inventory starts to grow and I'm not utilizing it, now I'm spending capital and resources to store that inventory, to manage it, mm-hmm. to account for all of those things. And so I think when we think about inventory, it's sort of this blend, right? It's not just, okay, I've got a good inventory count. I know how my inventory turns, but it's what does customer demand look like? Over the next three, six, 12 months? Are there historical trends? Do I know in July and August I expect a pretty significant uptick? Are there other things like out in the marketplace that indicate my demand's going to go up? You know, if X happens, I know that my, you know, orders are going to increase, thus I need to right, start scaling up the inventory. And then there's also the, the component of, well, what's the lag time if you need part X to manufacture? you know, a product, how long is it going to take you to get that part in? Because oftentimes if you're dealing with different suppliers, you have different lag time across, you know, the entire entire matrix. So it's really trying to blend all of that information together to be able to manage the inventory in a way that, you know, reduces the cost of handling it. And then also um, having enough of it on hand to not, you know, change your production cycle.
0: Well, now, you know, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned about inventory and stuff. I actually remember working with a client uh, years ago and, you know, one of the things that we noticed is on a monthly basis, their margins were slipping and their, mm. their material costs were going up and, you know, they had data in a lot of different systems. So yeah. it was really difficult to figure out and get a good sense of what was happening. Ultimately, I, I ended up figuring out that it was, they were having a serious quality issue. And the only reason is because I happened to notice that their trash bills were going up (laughs) and the trash was being, is billed on weight and it was a heavy material that they had. So I actually literally got these, these invoices and could see the weight and ended up going to them and showing them that, Hey, we were throwing away a lot more stuff. But mm-hmm. this was a very manual process of literally going through, you know, first finding it, going through the general ledger and saying, okay, wait a second, I see a trend here that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Then digging out invoices. So, you know, so, and I guess my point being is a lot of manufacturers will have a basic accounting system, but then they may have a different inventory system. They might have right. a different maintenance process system, or they may not even have a system necessarily at all. Maybe Excel spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. You know, when you've got all this stuff kind of, all over the place how how do you do that how do you how do you work with that
1: right so you're trying to do a root cause analysis but you've got data sitting in 10 systems and just the process of accumulating the data takes so Mm -hmm. long but the time you've done it it's already passed and yeah it might deliver some great insights so i think when we talk about that what we have to do is look at a couple of things so we've got data across disparate systems which probably means they're not formatted the same way but I think today what we're finding is more and more like sub- subscription-based tools, or even you know, uh, tools that have backend availability to pull data out, mm-hmm. right? So we can utilize tools and technologies that are out there today. You know, internally at James Moore, we use a tool called Alteryx, and then we also are leveraging Power BI for some of that visualization of the data to blend, to gather, right? Automatically gather the data, put it together, and then apply the logic that helps us formulate those those decisions because you know, I think everybody gets really excited about dashboards. Like, you want a dashboard, mm-hmm. well, you can't get to the dashboard phase until you get the data. And, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to have to undergo this massive data exercise, you know, manually over and over again, if it's going to be relevant to the organization. So we really want to um, make that a repeatable process.
0: So, you know, I guess one of the things that comes to mind too, though, is, you know, you've got a lot of these systems where, and it seems to be like, this has changed over the last, say, 10 years or so, where you got all this data in a system, but <clears throat> you got to get like their engineers to <laughs> do something so you can get the data out. Mm-hmm. When I, I think a lot of them use the, the same types of back end databases mm-hmm. that are right. relatively accessed, you just need to know what the data tables are. So, I guess what you're saying is you know, there's, there's, some, le- there's a, some level of automation that you can build into these things. And that's part of this business intelligence process.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think when we talk about it in talking about like, you know, I joke, it's like just in time data. We need to get the data timely because if we're gonna make decisions, we have to be able to kind of have a snap of the finger and pull together that information. And really the only way to do that is to connect to these systems sometimes sort of through the the back channels, right? Pull that information out and then right, use a tool to build that workflow and apply the the logic steps to transform the data into something that's actually usable. Um, you know what we want to try to avoid is somebody now whose full-time job is running these reports out of you know ten different systems. We we really want to kind of go behind, pull out the data, and, and do it in a different sort of way so that it's not so manually intensive. So process automation as it relates to data analytics is important because great, you went through the exercise, but if you can't do it quickly and you know. Again and again and again, it, you know it's just too time it's too time consuming. And I think organizations are always trying to do more with less, less resources, less everything. And so we want to enable that by using some technologies that help you know automate that across the board.
0: Well, and I think even just as an example, recently you had worked with some with a organization that was taking them like eight hours to get some data mm-hmm. points where they needed it for whatever purpose it was. You got it down to like 30 seconds or something like that. So was it I, I may be exaggerating, so but it's it
1: was 30. It's 30 seconds to run the workflow, right? But then they have an analyst that's looking at the data to, to look for anomalies, right? So instead of the analyst spending the time putting all of the data together and doing sort of a data manipulation exercise, they're actually able now to review and try to gain some insights out of the data. What looks strange, what's not normal, you know. And so it changes, it's more value add time the person is doing. You know, eight hours to manually cobble a file together by the, by hour eight, you're not really interested in what story that data is trying to tell you, right? Mm -hmm. Like you just want to post the journal entry and be done with it. So Mm -hmm. when we can automate that process, it really just frees someone up to be able to do more of the analytics on that data. So they're not going through 6,000 lines of data, looking at every transaction and trying to make, you know, determinations. So Mm -hmm.
0: absolutely. So let's talk a little bit more specific to manufacturing. You know, we we talked about inventory. You know, what are some other examples of areas you've seen that would be relevant? And I, you know, this whole idea of business intelligence, because what it what it kind of says to me is like, okay, I can take something and use it to change, perhaps change or understand what's going on in my business or think about what's going on or might what might be going down that I have to think about and allow my business to react to that proactively as opposed Mm -hmm. to finding out after the fact we always kind of joke around in the in the you know in the financial statement world right you get a financial statement maybe 10 15 days if you've got a good accounting department that's when you should be but it's still historical we're looking backwards right Mm -hmm. saying oh man I wish I could have to me business intelligence gets into thinking about on a more, you know, either day by day, week by week, mm-hmm. or maybe even somewhat forward looking. So, you know, may, maybe you've got something that can help manufacturers who are listening yeah. into this understand, okay, what's what are some other things that might be relevant here?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we want to get more into this and we're not fortune tellers, but we want to be able to be a little bit more predictive. So we, we talk about things like predictive analytics. So as an example, I mean, this affects all organizations, but manufacturers, especially supply costs, right? And so, do we have enough information internally to sort of pull together and maybe look at market trends and look at what's going on? Because there is so much volatility right now and sort of materials and in different sort of supplies and analyze, you know, what would be if, if there is going to be a change in price for this specific supply, which, which one is going to have the most impact on our organization? Are there things that are trending upwards that are going to impact our bottom line? And so we kind of can do an exercise where we're looking at, you know, what supplies are being purchased across, you know, a range and see, you know, are you kind of benchmarking against other, you know, organizations that supply those? Are you paying too much? Are you paying too much? Um, Is it trending upwards? Do you, you you know, is there an alternative? I mean, you know, vendor that you could be utilizing. So I think those are really important, especially with the volatility um, right now. The other one is predictive maintenance. So we think for manufacturers, there's this concept of, you know, you, depending on the size of your, well, listen, all sizes of organizations, you can't afford for equipment to be going down, right? Mm-hmm. Rarely. that That's not a good, um, a good for your production cycle. You want to have all of your machinery and equipment functioning and running. And so when we get into predictive maintenance, it's really around are you being proactive versus reactive? Do you have the data in-house and you probably do available to show when you should be doing maintenance, repairing, you know, replacing parts, doing certain maintenance types of activities? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we want to get to a place where you're not being sort of led around. You're, you can make these decisions up front and, and do those things instead of being surprised, right? We want to take surprise out of out of our daily operations, nobody likes a nobody likes a surprise. And I think, um, you know, on that same same conversation, you know, do you do you are you capturing today the data that you need to be able to to do that? And sometimes the answer is no, but you could, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I mean, it, it makes you know, and that I think that's a good segue into you know, for for manufacturers, I think the data. You know, really, you've got, I guess it depends at the end of the day, I've seen a lot of de- some, some rely on just their intuitive nature, it's a smaller business, they can see what's going on, they put their hands around it, some of them are larger, and they just don't know how to capture this data in a way that makes sense. And, you know, I look at this on, on all sides. So, uh, you know, Greg, take an example, like supply costs, hey, it would be great to, to understand where things are going, because sometimes, like we said, we, we look back historical, and all of a sudden get surprised sometimes Mm by oh wait a second what's going on here all of a sudden my costs are going out of out of control or you know we've had these price increases or or you know you might be looking at commodity prices and saying okay if the commodity prices are going up what does that mean for my margins what what does that mean from you know what am i going to do with my customer base do i need to increase prices you know all these strategic decisions that you have to Mm -hmm. think about then you look at something simple like my machinery you know, mm-hmm. when am I going to need to replace it? What's, what is the next maintenance period? How is that? So, and you can, you know, I can think of other examples of scrap, you know, mm-hmm. uh, labor utilization, uh, capacity, um, you know, or, or lack yeah, thereof capacity. Sure. Normal, what's normal capacity I mean? There's so many different things that I think can play into it. But, you know, so I guess as I start thinking about this and, you know, the, there's a lot to think about. So, you know, so far, kind of what I pulled from this is if we can if we can get the data in some way, shape or form, no matter how many systems, chances are you can work, we can work with it in a way mm-hmm. to, to get us into something that is meaningful, Absolutely. which I guess is that next thing is, like, OK, so how do you how do you how do you start down this road? I guess one thing I think, of, I and mean, you can kind of take it from there is I don't know what's important to you.
1: Absolutely. What are the problems you're having today? What are the questions that you're asking that you don't know the answer to? Like, I think a lot of our, our business owners know it in their gut, right? Mm-hmm. But they really want the data to back it up. And the, the question about should we purchase new equipment? Should we expand our operations? Should we target a new market? You know, and you get these gut instincts. And I think sometimes right, we want to bring the data back behind it to either right shore up and say, yeah, absolutely. And here's the, the data that supports that conclusion or yes, but, or yes, and you also need to, to keep these other things in mind. So I think the first process is figure out what the problem is or figure out what the question is. And then I think it's, do you have enough data or in-house today to actually do the analysis? So we use predictive maintenance as an example. So there's a couple of questions we would start with, right? Like, are you do you have repair logs? Are you logging when you're repairing your machines? Um, Do you have invoices available for that repair expense, right? Like, so when did those repairs happen? How often are they happening? Do you have, you know, a piece of equipment that continues to go down? Um, And then just, you know, general inventory of different equipment that you have in-house. Like, did you summarize it all so it's not, you know, very helpful? So I think that's the first is, you know, what data do you have? And then it's working through, okay, well, maybe we don't have all of the data we have, but now let's work to collect these other pieces of information so we can sort of have more of a holistic picture. And that's really where that process automation com- component comes into play, because more than likely, right, the invoices are sitting in one system, the you know inventory of machinery and equipment sitting in another, the repair logs maybe maybe somebody's just doing that in word or PDF or something and it's sitting in mm-hmm. another. So we want to use process automation to bring together that data and you know normalize it and create relationships between it and apply the logic, and then that way, right, we can move forward. So I think embarking on this journey is the question or the problem, drilling down on, well, what data do I need to actually make a decision on this? Do I have the data in-house today? And then, okay, now how do I need to marry that data together and then make that process repeatable, if that's something I'm going to want to do on a daily, monthly, or quarterly basis, right? Because then we want to make it easy and repeatable so it's not a major, you know, onus on the organization to try to bring it all together.
0: Well, I think, you know, what, you know, one of the things that comes to mind, you know, when you start talking about embarking on this journey yeah. is you're right. What is what is the question? What is the problem? And, and, and part of that might be, and we spent some time er- on earlier episodes of more manufacturing, talking about transition planning and increasing the value of your business, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that to me, one of the things that increases the value and one of the value drivers we often talk about Includes processes as well as data data analytics and, okay. and benchmarking and a number of these other areas. You know, the more we can understand, the more we can adjust. It might impact your margins. It might improve your margins. It might improve your your predictability of uh, you know inventory. And that, that's one I've seen on many times with clients where they order more raw materials, for example, okay. than they actually need. They might have two, three months of a certain raw material on hand. Meanwhile, the vendor can get them that same product in a week or two. Right. And right. you know, so the lead time isn't there, but there's not a connection between. And so, when inventory is sitting on your shelf, like you mentioned earlier, yeah, it's literally cash. And if you're borrowing mm-hmm. on a line of credit to, you know, to to fund that, now you're paying interest and other things. And so, these components can be actually critical ways to increase the value of your business over Mm -hmm. time by focusing on the right metrics, on the right things that are actually going to improve your operation. So, you know, I do think that's something that, you know, is really, really important for any business just to consider, especially if you're looking at, you know, three to five years and you might want to sell your business, you got to start that stuff now so you can really have it tuned in by the time you actually try to go to market with that business. So it's just something else to, to think about.
1: Yeah, I think that where do I spend my next dollar is important. Am I spending that next dollar on inventory? Am I spending it on payroll? Am I spending it on, you know, a new warehouse? So, you know, that capital optimization, if you're running lean processes, right, you can very, you know, more easily determine where you should be, you know, investing those dollars
0: Mm -hmm. for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, we talked about, you you mentioned a couple of tools Mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I know that you know, anybody can buy these tools and work sure. with them, but are they, you know, is it, is it a lot of cost for those? Is this something that businesses can, you know, get into relatively easy without having to spend an arm and a leg on those things?
1: Well, here's the first thing. I think what I see over and over again is a lot of times you already have tools in house that you're not fully utilizing. They right. have capabilities you haven't turned on or haven't, you know, implemented, you know, you, you implemented two of the modules, not five of the modules because you just don't have time to do it. So I think first is you kind of look at your existing technology set stack or tool set and you say, you know, are we fully utilizing all of the capabilities and connections that are available between the tools? Because we talked about, you talked about earlier, right? Sort of this marriage of operational data and financial data to be able to make some decisions. So sometimes, right, there are connections available between these different um, systems that maybe you're not utilizing today. And then secondarily, you know, I use an example like Power BI is relatively inexpensive. And if you're using Microsoft in-house today to get a license, it's not that expensive. So if you have somebody with that sort of capability in-house that has that aptitude um, for data, you know, that's really something you can ramp up pretty quickly within the organization without a whole lot of cost. And then, you know, we start looking at other things, tools like Alteryx and, and other data, you know, ETL tools that... That might have a bit of a price tag to it, but then when you look at the cost benefit, right? I have a full-time person just manually manipulating data day in and day out, 365 days a year, and I could really use them over here. Sometimes in that conversation, the cost benefit of onboarding another tool uh, is really worthwhile and has provides a tremendous amount of value without a tremendous amount of cost. So I think, you know, start with what you have today, look and see if you're fully utilizing it see what you can add on at a relatively low price point, and then really look at some of the, you know, maybe a little bit slightly more expensive tools and, you know, what's the cost benefit of, of onboarding those. So,
0: so even small manufacturers, an example, probably have some tools on hand that they, they may not even be aware of that kind of Absolutely. system and, and kind of, and I know even, even I'll, I'll go as basic as they come, I guess, you know, Excel, for example, mm-hmm. has tools built into it that can allow you to dig data out of, you know, certain systems and, and, you know, formulas without going into anything else. But, uh, you know, so it sounds like businesses just need to, you know, these manufacturers need to take an inventory of what they've got and what they have on hand. And then I think, you know, spend some time thinking about what's important to them and do they have the data available to be able to do something. And to me, that's where you start from. And then we can kind of work from there as to, okay, well, what do you do with this? How do you, how do you automate it? How do you, mm-hmm. how do you work into putting this into some data set that now I can take a huge data set down to something that makes some sense?
1: Absolutely. Because nobody wants to go through millions of lines of, you know, rows of data to try to make interpretations. Our brains just don't, don't work that way. So that's why we have these tools that can pull out insights and and show us things we didn't realize were there and so that's really i think where there's a tremendous amount of opportunity
0: well Sandy, well marie thank thank you for uh joining us today Absolutely. i know it's, it's a lot to think about there's a lot for uh i think there's just a lot of opportunities for businesses to really improve themselves and uh marie actually was uh nice enough to to actually create some downloadable materials uh those will be in the comments section it'll be just some materials that can you can look at. It'll give you some thought processes on how to, how to move forward, automate some different things for you to look at uh, as you consider, okay, what's my next steps? And how do I use all this data that we have on hand to, to help my business uh, become more valuable and be a better operating business? Uh, with that, I, I hope everybody has a great rest of your day and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thank you. To learn more about James Moore and Company's manufacturing services, go to jmco.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our More on Manufacturing series to receive updates when new videos and podcasts are released. If you'd like to be a guest, or if there's a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, contact us on our website. You can also follow us on social media for more news as the landscape on manufacturing continues to rapidly evolve.